This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Kale Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony and Nicolosi. Like, I'm just going to. I'll just say my name. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, you may have heard a little, a little bit of mic noise from Anthony's end at the beginning there. He was just uh, telling the banshees in I his house seeing... to be a little quiet. Uh, Freaking freaks. Uh, today, Those though. DNA strands do they have? <laughs> I'll tell you the loud part is from Anthony. So <laughs> um, today we are going to talk about the lens of fairness. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. This is another fantastic insight from the man, a myth, the legend, Jesse. Schell. Our best friend and, and boyfriend. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it's constantly evolving our relationship. <laughs> um, in his book, the, a book of the book, a book of game design, <laughs> The book of the art of desi- <laughs> game design, a book of lenses. I'm that, so, yes, that's it. The that's art it. of game design, a book of lenses. Um, I just wow. highly recommend it if you're like game dev or want to get into game dev. I know some people who are longtime game devs, um, who I was talking to on Instagram and Twitter who just picked it up actually. Oh, so, on your recommendation, I'm sorry, on your recommendation. Uh, one person, the other person, oh. no, uh, they just like posted a story of it. I'm like, Oh shit. I love that book. And they're, I know they're a long time, uh, whatever industry veteran over a decade in the industry. So it's clearly, oh. you know, pertains to whatever you're just starting out. You're uh, you've been in the industry, you're a game dev and you just want to, it's w- so well rounded, you know, it's, it's, it, it really tackles game design from all kinds of angles. So this one lends a fairness. Okay. The, I, I will read the l- description of the lens right now. Jesse Shell says, um, the lens of fairness is about thinking carefully about the game from each player's point of view and taking into account each play- taking into account, I'm sorry, each player's skill level, find a way to give each player a chance of winning that each will consider to be fair. Okay? So that's the lens if you will look yeah. at your game look at a game and consider do all the players have a fair and challenging way of winning you know um and this brings up some interesting questions should my game be symmetrical from a design perspective and i mean the way that actually is so it be symmetrical should it be asymmetrical how that manifests depending on the game can defer um is it more important for my game to have multiple ways for people to have fun or for like multiple di- for different kinds of players to have fun and fu- have challenging fun if you will or is it more important for it to be a good way of accurately evaluating comparative skill level so i think right? we're in a really interesting uh sort of situation here you and i because um, I think really? you are a pretty big fan of symmetrical multiplayer design. design. And mm-hmm. I am a really big fan of asymmetrical multiplayer design. Dota, yep. Valorant, 
board games, I always gravitate towards asymmetrical games over symmetrical games. Um, fighting yep. games are like inherently asymmetrical. Um, asymmetrical? Yeah, really? because there's yeah, yeah, all yeah, different yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. Right? Fighters have different ways. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, some fighting games are more symmetrical than others, but my favorite games, like Blaze Blue, my absolute favorite fighting game, is one of the most asymmetrical fighting games there is. Okay. So I think that's really interesting. So, um, I maybe I think maybe starting with like symmetrical versus asymmetrical games could be an interesting way to look at this. Um, two symmetrical games we've both played a lot of halo infinite and rocket league. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about fairness in those games. Yeah. I mean the, uh, it's interesting because there's layers here, right? Because from a uh, theoretically they are equivalent. They, they provide a symmetrical, um, playing you know symmetrical game design like from uh everyone starts out with the same shit same abilities everyone in halo you have pickups on the map but everyone has equal access to that equal amount of players um in rocket league it's even more symmetrical yeah even even more yeah it's yeah even more symmetrical same car i mean cars have different hit boxes that's the uh, the only really wrinkle i can think of because you have same speed and everything right yeah. like, i mean that honestly almost makes it more asymmetrical than halo though at least from the a character boxes. design perspective because all the halo characters are identical and your yeah. loadouts are identical the main asymmetrical halo design that you could even argue for is the play- pickups on the map but for since everyone has equal access to them they're not really asymmetrical yeah i was thinking uh, the first thing i thought of was like the spawn points because like if you think of live fire does every does do both teams have an equal access to the camo from their spawn points? Yeah, spawn points would be tower? the only thing that 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 is true. Yeah, but those are like RNG, which makes it even more weird. Yeah, but regardless, they're very close to almost you know from a technical perspective, purely symmetrical. Yeah, um, I would call them two of the most symmetrical games that are like modern games, multiplayer games. Honestly, I agree. That being said. If you do not have good equal level playing fields, like skill levels of people, I, I would not say it feels fair. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you if you don't have good skill based matchmaking in place where you're playing against like similarly skilled opponents, it, the, your experience is not going to be that was a fair you know loss. It's going to feel like fuck. Well, you put me against somebody way harder. So. I, I think that will be something we can circle back to later because I think there are some games that um, another point that Jesse brings up um, is he asks if if you want as a game designer, game dev to have players of different scale level skill levels to play together. How do I need to change my game to make sure that's interesting and challenging for everybody? Yeah. And I think there's some games this is like, you know, teaser, you know, Nintendo games, especially in my head that answer that problem in this interesting way for some of their casual modes whatever so we can circle back to that but technically speaking game design perspective those those rocket league and halo give good examples of symmetrical game design i think it's really Um, interesting what you said that um that the difference in player skill makes those games feel unfair i actually think in symmetrically designed games that matters even more because in asymmetrical games 
there's a lot of other factors that could be at fault for the game feeling potentially not fair, right? Like, oh, our hero composition was bad, so we were like bound to lose anyway. Or like um, in a fighting game, it's just like, oh, this matchup is really hard, or I didn't know this matchup very well. Like in Halo, you can never go into a 1v1 and be like, oh, I didn't know the match, the like the mechanics of this like 1v1 very well because everyone has the same mechanics, you know, except I mean, right, minus right. player skill. Um, in fighting games, that can happen all the time. So like, I think in a symmetrically designed game, the only thing that's there for players to blame on it feeling unfair is skill. Mm -hmm. So that becomes even more important. And so you were going to say, how, how do we balance for players of different skill being games? One approach, Rocket League, Valorant, which not symmetrical, but still has applied this approach. Halo, I think to some degree, is limiting the skill, the cues, so that you can't queue with a very wide range of players, right? In Valorant, you, if you're at a specific rank, you can't queue with players below a specific rank. You just can't in ranked mode. You're not allowed. Mm -hmm. I, is that is yeah. Halo like that too? I'm not, I don't. I don't know. I haven't tried, and I'm going to be honest. I haven't really researched what's available in Halo Infinite. In Halo Five, I know that those kinds of aspects were um, at the uh, by the end. Yes, were in place. Mm -hmm. um, I also know that halo treats different playlists has different matchmaking parameters for different playlists so for example if you're playing halo infinite you're playing quick play um if you think of some of the main parameters that go into match uh, matchmaking you know algorithm um at a high level it's like how long is the player waiting how close to the player's skill level are the other players in the lobby and proximity to server right so like you more or less, if you have those top three things, quick play prioritizes speed of matchmaking, which yeah. means you might have a looser skill you know, range in that match. Ranked prioritizes skill um, accuracy, if you will. Yep. So you might wait longer, whatever. So, um, yeah, Rocket League yeah. and Valorant have both altered switched between how they prioritize speed of matchmaking versus skill at the highest levels because people were running into problems where they were either playing these horribly imbalanced matches or they were waiting up to like 30 minutes for games to like 45 right. minutes, like longer than a game itself. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the interesting just a small side note to that is like when you give the player agency to choose like how long it's like if you have the option of saying I want uh, I can't remember if it was MCC who did this or which what game it was, but that you had the option of saying like, I'll wait up to this amount of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I don't find a player like, fuck it, just go. Why? Well, I accept I'm, I'm making the decision to accept that feels somehow more fair to me that I made the choice to play like a wider skill bracket. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'll tell you, Dota is Dota two is very transparent about this. When you queue, it gives you a message every time it expands the search queue, the skill like range that it's searching. So you can quit the queue and requeue if you want to keep the range small. And it's right. like totally transparent to let you do that. Again, I think that's an important aspect of especially for those games, helping that experience feel fair because you can go into the game being like, well, I chose this you now know granted I mean? like that still relies on the matchmaking algorithm being good right because <laughs> even if the game thinks that it got you a really fair match if the algorithm isn't good then what the game thinks is a fair match may not feel yeah, that sure. may not even be that fair to begin with right yeah um now let's i think let's talk about asymmetrical games a little bit yeah um, from that perspective and then maybe we can compare why 
yeah, from a, especially from a fairness perspective, what's more compelling, why they're more compelling in different ways, maybe so, or why they are compelling in different ways, whatever. Yeah. Why do you uh, asymmetric? Mr. Asymmetric Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's really the the big thing about asymmetrical games is that it really relies on the designers to balance the game well, right? Like it's much easier to balance a symmetrical game because you know every change you make affects everyone equally. Mm-hmm. Um minus skill, right? Because there's still challenges in balancing like a gun in a halo when like really good players are already like insane no, with no. it. Right. And bad. I play, mean, right. I get I get your point. And, and to like my experience playing Overwatch when I tried it, when it initially came out was that was and it's the same with Destiny, like class based games that I give a shot to. Like the th- thing that drives me crazy is when if I'm in a class based game. I am dependent on my other teammates doing their parts, right? And if they don't, like, if we have a whatever super fucking good healer, yes, but like everyone else is shit, you know, like, and they the other team is like everybody else is good and their healer sucks. It does not feel fair. It feels like, yeah, okay, you know, like if they have a kick ass sniper. And we have a kick-ass healer, and then everybody else's ass. It doesn't feel fair. You yeah, class-based I mean? games puts people and asymmetrical games in general put people in more of roles, right? More well-defined roles, and that right. means that that makes it even harder to balance for skill, right? To right. make it feel fair for sure, because now not only do like individuals need to be matched well in skill, but also the roles they are need to be well balanced and that get, it, it's definitely a really complicated problem. So I think that's the biggest challenge with asymmetrical games. But and honestly, I find myself in asymmetrical games feeling like especially in like Dota feeling like our matches are unfair all the time. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's sort of just like a reality of, of, of that game that like you just sometimes get shit matches and you sort of just relish when you get really good matches because I honestly, I think in that game, it's just so complex. There's so many heroes, so many items, like millions of combinations of things that could be happening. Plus how good players are doing on that day, how focused they are. Cause you know, it's an hour long game, so you need to be focused. And if you're not, it's not going to go like there's too many factors. So you sort of just accept that sometimes it's shit and you hope those games don't last very long. Right. And that's like crazy, but that's just sometimes the, the, the quality of the good matches in really complex asymmetrical games is so much so fulfilling that it's worth trudging through the like the annoyance of the shitty ones, I think, for a lot of people. No, it's interesting. I mean, I I would say for Overwatch, the reason why I turned on it relatively quickly it was because just like the rest of the game wasn't satisfying to trudge through. You know, like yeah. I didn't enjoy the rest of yeah, and the I mean experience. I trust I've turned on Overwatch long ago too, right? Like I don't think that's a great example of a really fun asymmetrical game personally. Now so I did have more fun like I'll say Destiny did better on that front in that on two regards, Destiny inherently like you go into that PvP experience and it's like I'm accepting this is unfair because I could have the fucking unlocked super gun and the other motherfuckers got like a rare right. pistol. Yeah. That's you know? a definitely a different scenario, right? That's similar to the Dota and thing where there's just like so many factors that you're just like, all right. 
And in general, I would say the deltas between Destiny classes are not as no. significant as like even Overwatch. You right. Know? Like, yeah. The asymmetrical nature is much simpler for sure. Yeah, it's much more muted. And fighting games are where you end up with like the most difference here, right? Like Guilty Gear Strive, which came out this year. There was one character, Soul Bad Guy, who was very clearly overpowered. Even the devs during the developer backyard after the the last beta before release were like, Soul Bad Guy is the main character of the game. We think that's who a lot of beginners picked up. So we wanted to make him good so that people will enjoy the game. They literally, which translated means we made this character over overpowered on purpose and literally it ruined the game in my opinion for a long time until they balanced him because Hmm. it was just like you just like didn't want to fight him like anytime I got you in that game you could see what character you were going to fight before you accepted the match I literally never accepted a single match against that character after like the first few times because it was just like this is pointless now couldn't they technically have like banned him from like competitive modes yeah, but they don't, right? And no, they people, didn't. And people in like, fighting games generally try not to nowadays. That's very much a a relic of the past, um, and really only something that's happened in Smash Bros, which is you know the scorn of the fighting game community. <laughs> it, well, so I was just t- saying, thinking like most of the asymmetrical experiences I try are team based, and I do feel like a benefit you might have in an. Like, yeah, I play Smash, but I don't really consider myself a... You're not playing like 1v1, no item, Final Destination for $1,000. No, definitely not (laughs) playing that. I mean, even when I played Tekken and stuff, I think the one aspect... I don't find the actual gameplay loop satisfying enough to play those a lot, but uh, one thing that is maybe better now that I think about it is the fact that even though it's asymmetrical you it's just you yes like it can you know what i mean like you you're you're the how fucked you are in those asymmetrical experiences like you could be fucked in a dota match if you are just if you don't stack up well from a hero perspective and strat perspective against other people but you're even more fucked if they if your teammates suck you know like right so you get multiplied on these kinds of asymmetrical the the shittiness and the unfairness almost gets like the uh, perception your perception of unfairness gets multiplied against these asymmetrical you know hiccups yeah uh, as, although as i don't know people are playing i don't know if for me that feels more unfair though honestly like if we get outpicked i don't feel like that's unfair i feel like that's a mistake we made so it feels Out. fair well, because in Dota, you see the... You draft. Yes, right. you yes see, exactly. Yeah. So, like, that um, is built into the design, and that honestly feels more fair to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, true. But, you so, talking about Rocket League, though, and teammates, right, I think that it's really interesting because a lot of people always say, my teammates suck. And in general, your teammates are probably just as good as you. <laughs> Almost yeah. always. It, it, unless your rank is climbing it is likely <laughs> there are some bad ones there are yeah, some bad them. ones but that doesn't mean they're worse they're be- worse than you that means that yeah. game they were worse every, than you right yeah, every now and then you get some motherfucker who's like at the end of his night and he really right. shouldn't have queued you know but or just someone yeah. who loses focus for a game right it happens all right. the time and so that makes it really complicated because it gives people this like excuse to just be like everyone around me sucks i'm the best and then these people no, feel sure. very entitled to ranking up and those and honestly like those are the people who are playing ranked people in ranked 
always want to feel like they're getting better. People are not there. And there's been, I've read articles about this. People are not really interested in knowing their exact correct skill. They're interested in always improving, like seeing their skill improve. I believe it. That's why yeah, games like Rocket League implement grace game mechanics. This is another way to help people feel like matches and ma- and multiplayer are fair, where like in Rocket League, if you go to a loss below your rank, you stay at that rank until you lose again. But if you get high enough to go into the next rank, you immediately go into the next rank. Mm-hmm. So there is a one game leniency deranking, but that doesn't exist going up. Going up, you just go up right away. Yeah, you know, inter- interestingly on that thought, like the... The end, at the tail end of Halo Five, and then rolling into Halo Infinite. I know they, they, you know, Josh Menke, who's not currently working at Three Four Three, actually put out a white paper on True Skill Two, which was the algorithm that they're using for the matchmaking algorithm, some parameters. And what, what, like at a high level, one of the things that True Skill Two could do is it could just provide more levers if you will leverage points in the matchmaking algorithm parameters for does you know developers to be able to quantify skill so Uh um more than just my team wins or loses which is very heavily weighted in like the rocket league algorithm in halo infinite right now your personal performance if you like really carried your team you'll see you don't drop like almost any mmr um Barring you get really good, like some of the pros will complain, they're literally at the top of the MMR range, and the, the, the algorithm's expecting them to carry, and if right. they don't carry, then they lose. But um, So it's, to your point, um, True Skill 2 probably, you know, the, helps that notion, where it's like, I personally, as I play ranked, when I lose, I have, I have, I don't think I've ever lost and been like, fuck i lost i don't feel like i deserve to lose that much mmr we're like if i turn on bacchus mod and i watch i have a rocket league game and i do really good and whatever we got shitty goal in overtime and we lose um and i feel like i carried but i lose whatever the same amount as the last game where we really deserved the loss you know what i mean that feels unfair i understand it's a hard problem to solve but i'm just saying my feeling as a player playing Halo Infinite is a lot more like, oh, that felt fair. You yes. know, that's because Rocket League has no skill based uh, MMR adjustment. Right. And Valorant actually originally had skill based MMR adjustment and I loved it. I thought it was a great system and they completely yeah. removed it. Why? Just cause- I, I guess people complained. I have no idea why. I thought it was really good. And then they made it so that the lower rank you are, the less skill-based uh, matters. Okay. Which is very weird. And then at the highest rank, they made it so skill-based also doesn't matter and only win-loss matters because they're like, everyone should be at this skill at this. I don't know. It was very strange. I don't know what was happening in their data that made them like make these adjustments. I'd be very interested to know. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Because for uh, me, like, if I... If a system, and maybe I'm very unique here, I have no idea, I would love to know. But for me, if I play a game in ranked, and I'm shown everyone's MMR, and the rank that I lost or gained, and like, I, I can easily evaluate from that image whether I thought the game felt fair was fair or not. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's tons, in Rocket League, so often I think that wasn't, I like, this was not fair. 
Right. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you. And yeah, you can Rock- get that data in Rocket League, even though it's not, they don't give it to you for, for, uh, without external programs, but yeah, I mean, Rocket League feels like it's just like plus 10, I win minus 10, I lose, you know, all the time. No That's matter what, what it is. And, yep. And so Dota, Dota is, is mostly that way as well. And it also annoys me, especially in a game you're going to commit an hour or two. You're telling me you're not going to take my skill into account. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I mean, like I said, in the event that I have, a teammate who I feel is equally skilled to me and we played good and the other team played good and we lost. Okay. Okay. We lost, you know, but it's those, what seems relatively frequent, you know, moments where to some extent it feels unfair, you know, um, I will say, and Sean mentioned this earlier before the podcast, that the larger, the amount of people on each team, the less of a problem this is, uh, the larger the amount. Yes. So like in Battlefield, for example, this or like a game like that, it feels it matters less. In Halo Big Team Battle, uh, it matters less. Just because your individual impact can be less. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's just like or it's just more chaotic. So you're more willing to accept the variance, maybe. No. Yeah. Although, I mean, mean, I'll say we have Big Team Battle in Halo has been some of the worst matches I've played as far as fairness felt. I may, I was going to say like maybe to a point because like you can still really own I like um, maybe on a battlefield 64v64 yeah. kind of setup. I know, think that's because, more what we were thinking, yeah. But even then, right, there's some I still feel like even in battlefield if you had like a fucking super 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 elite squad of 5 dudes, yeah. you know, in that 64 team, they can leverage the sandbox in ways they'll shit on the other team for yeah, sure, yeah. you know. But um, so, I think the reality, though, is that right. in Battlefield, since it's so big, like your micro engagements matter more to your perception of fairness than the macro match. Like I don't think real, people really give a shit whether you win or lose the macro match in Battlefield. What matters more is if you like have cool micro interactions. Yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I just and I haven't played enough Battlefield to know for sure. I just think I feel like I suspect that when I was playing this last beta and there were fucking people in the helicopters and vehicles, I was thinking it's similar. It, feel, it felt similar to my experience in the war zones or big teams of Halo in which like, if there's a few players, even one or two in Halo. So in, in Battlefield, it's going to need to be more, right. but like who know how to leverage like the vehicles and they know sort of the choke points on the map. They can, they can really further the objective for their squad. If the other team can't, answer yeah, you yeah. Know? like if there's like five motherfuckers flying helicopters and then one dude you know two armored vehicles or whatever and the other team's just like on a different skill level has nothing you know or they yeah, bring yeah. in one fucking car at one point that's like, true you know but i think that be, i guess maybe those situations more are rarer the larger the teams are. yeah i i i think that right whereas in rocket league we feel like it happens like 40 to maybe even like 40 or 50 percent of the time in battlefield that's probably like one in every you know 10 games or something 20 games yeah no it's true so that's uh, an interesting factor so you were saying though how do we make games better for players of wide skill levels and you were saying nintendo does this well did you have an example in mind i mean i just i i thought i yeah the one i was specifically thinking was something i experienced just yesterday was uh mario kart because mm-hmm. I was playing 
Mario Kart with my kids. My Michael, my son, uh-huh. beat me in two races. On Hell the yeah! I mean, I think that's more of a reflection of your lack of Mario Kart skill. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I did have. <laughs> Let like, me the come over and see baby. see what I could do. <laughs> I had the tiny baby Joy-Con, and it had oh, motion god. sensing on. Oh you god, know, you were playing stuff. with tilt controls, as they yeah, say. Yeah, I had tilt controls on. So, like, you know, it it, it was. That's it was amazing, tough, though. That sounds fun. Yeah, I I beat him in two matches. He beat me in two matches. I won the Grand Prix. Don't worry, because I got fourth the time he beat mm-hmm. me. He got mm-hmm. seventh the mm-hmm. time I beat him. Mm-hmm. But uh, it the mechanics around the item pickups and stuff are uh, even the playing field, right? He, yes. he read, he read, um, shelled me a few times in one of them that he ended up winning in the, the one I got fourth place. And mm-hmm. he, he read shelled me a few times. He, uh, whatever got the, I got a fucking banana and he gets the toad boost or uh-huh. whatever shit, you know? So, yeah, the, the the comeback mechanics with the items and especially the most recent Mario Kart are very blatant, right? Like you mm-hmm. can't you have to be, I think, in like the last three to four places to get a bullet bill, which is like by far the best item in the game basically guarantees you to get to like sixth or fifth place no matter what. And like like they they're very blatant and I think it's great. It makes for it can make the game feel really unfair sometimes, though, I will say. No, it does. It right? does. So you like. I think it the the time I feel like it feels the most unfair is when you are doing good and are yes you know impact it makes it feel whatever. more fair for people who like are doing bad but less fair for people who are doing good and I don't even know if fair is the right word it feels more fun to the people who are doing bad I think they would probably admit like yeah I blue shelled you and whatever the fuck you know what oh, I mean yeah, so they may sure. not say it was fair yeah. I'm not sure fair is what you come away with even. I think it's it's I mean more the point's kind of just fun, right? Yeah, and that's the if I want this is how Jesse says if I want players of different skills levels to play together, wh- what means will I use to make the game interesting and challenging for everyone? So, it's like the way he says it there's almost a concession as to like you can't really make it perfectly fair. Right. It just maybe, needs to be interesting. Right? Yeah, so it's you know the challenge it's still challenging I, I would agree i i feel like uh trying to whatever maintain enough of a buffer in first place in mario yeah. kart to be able to compensate for the things you're going to get fucked by is a challenge and is fun and is interesting 100 percent um, agreed like the the factor of like there's a lot of people who do strats where they like uh stay close to the second place person so if a blue shell comes they can break behind right. them and they'll get hit by the blue shell or like holding a banana so that you can block red shell. right there's a lot of stuff built into the game for the front people to like employ interesting and challenging skill to mitigate the like comeback mechanics. Right. Yeah, totally so, true. So yeah, it's, it sounds like, yeah, you can't. And this is something I think, uh, this is why some modes like Fiesta and stuff in Halo Infinite are so important in my opinion to be there for casual players. Right. Because like if you're Brittany, and she jumps into big team. She's having fun and stuff. But even big team is like even starts, even loadouts across the map. Yeah. Fiesta adds this element of randomness to it that helps level it a bit. Because the guy who's super skilled might spawn with a fucking plasma pistol. And you, who are a very new player, you have whatever, have, you have rockets. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, No, I had a great time playing Fiesta. I thought it was really fun. I love modes like that. Yeah, I hope they in Halo Five there were variants of weapons, so you can think of like there was 
normal, rare, or legendary, and mythic levels of guns. Oh, interesting. Right? So as a battle and royale is what you're telling me. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, maybe they have that. And in Halo Infinite's campaign, you have these like leveled up versions of guns. Uh-huh. And so there was a version of Fiesta called Super Fiesta where those variants could also spawn. Oh, that so not fun. only Yeah, it was fucking the like best mode in Halo 5. <laughs> yeah. So um I think I mean it's like Rumble that, in Rocket League, right? That's what I was gonna say. I think the way you answer that <coughs> problem, I am playing with my friends who are different skill levels is that those games need to provide a playlist modes, whatever experiences for that group of players to be able to have to experience those parameters that whatever, make it interesting and fun for everybody. You need the fiestas, you need the rumbles, you need the whatever. You know? Yeah. One interesting thing you said to me that about the halo infinite design intent that actually I think plays into this too, is you told me that one of their main goals, like with the repulsor, for example, was that even when you get fucked over by it, it should feel fun. fun. And I mean, if you can make the situations where you are losing feel fun, I think you're solving the fairness problem. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's really hard to do that universally. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, a repulsor can feel really fun, but getting shot in the head with a battle rifle from the across the map is not usually going to feel fun. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you could go on and on forever on this topic. No, I think I think we got it good. We don't have a quality time question this week, so someone subscribe to Patreon and send us a question, please. There you go. Yeah, I get, yeah it just gets into old things because you could say, like, is that why you add a light to the scope of the sniper, right? Because the fact that there's some ability to anticipate the shot and maybe try and defensively make a play to get out of the way makes it more fair and mm-hmm. thus more fun. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, totally. I think so. I think like, yeah, providing the player opportunities to mitigate negative situations so that instead of feeling like they had no control over the bad thing that happened to him and instead being like, oh, I know what I did wrong here and how I could not have this happen in the future makes a huge difference for how fair situations feel. Yep. Yep. I think that's why kill cams are something I, I value so highly. Because like whenever I die in a game, I'm like, how did I die? How can I make it better? I want to like review the footage, you know, and without a kill cam, I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll never know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't I don't in Halo ever feel like I need a kill kill cam. But I'm an experienced Halo player, and most of the time when I die, I know how I died, right? Right, like, yeah. For me, I, there are you know times I mean? all the time I die and have no clue what happened. Yeah, um, and I feel like if I played low time to kill shooters where you're fucking just yeah. lasered out of nowhere, you know what I mean? You would That would be even more. I'll tell you, Rainbow Six Siege has kill cams, and it's amazing. Like, there, if you know how you died, you just Shit, skip dude. it. I'm, on that game, though, yeah. you should totally need that shit. Some motherfucker shot you through a wall? Through, like, like the, a tiny hole, like, that they broke through three different walls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you gotta have it in yes. that one for sure. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. great, because if you don't know how you died, you watch it, and you're like, oh, okay, that guy was smart as fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, and if you, you yeah. if you do know, then you just skip it, right? Like, I feel like giving people as many options as possible to, like, mitigate unfairness for themselves is really valuable. Yeah. Anyway... Where can people find cool. us? You can find us at KO Koala, KO Koala, Knockout Koala, like fighting games, KO Koala Entertainment.com. There you have links to all of our social media, most importantly, our Discord, where you can play our research idol game, which 
Ba, 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 has an even new perk. So you get you get Woo. auto entered into giveaways at level six. Uh, when you play the idle game, you get a second entry when you get to level nine. You can play our multiple choice trivia 24-7 and enter into our weekly $10 giveaways. People have been winning battle passes, cosmetic packs, you know. Uh, yep. But in addition, when you get to level 13, you can now, um, if you are an active member of the Discord and a good person, be invited into our Minecraft realm. Uh, we have more plans for the Minecraft realm. More information will be Post it on our website as soon as I get less busy on more important things. <laughs> um, but yeah, even new, even additional perk, you can get some lore details on Agora, our upcoming single player physics FPS for PC and Xbox, of which we discussed a little bit on stream, even pre stream today. And NFTs. So if you're interested in either of those yeah, things, we watch did. the pre stream. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did talk both of those things a little bit before stream. Um, yes. So if you'd like to support the studio, you can join our flock of amazing patrons who are um, get a bunch of perks in addition, some behind-the-scenes content. Been There's more coming. It's been a little sparse lately as the studio's a little heads down, nailing uh, nailing out critical Agora deadlines that, as we're coming up to them. So, Stuff's coming. Anyway, Stuff's coming up. Yeah, behind-the-scenes behind content, free merch every three or six months, depending on your perk access to a patron minecraft realm all kinds of good stuff so yes thank you so much to our patrons thanks to every thanks to everyone who's listening ko koala entertainment.com oh my gosh ko koala entertainment.com next, next week that's our jingle by the way our official jingle next <laughs> week game of the year game of the year the with full squad with the boys josh <laughs> and sean right on Hasta la vista. I wonder what Anthony's game of the year will be. I wonder. Mm. <laughs> Although somebody said I couldn't choose it because it's like too late in the year. That's my not opinion, true. That's not yeah, true. If it comes out That's not true. My bets. I honestly, in my opinion, game of the year, it can be either the game that came out this year or just game you played this year. It doesn't have to be. I don't care. Go with me. I, like whatever, dude. Just pick a game that you like and tell me about it. Noki Simulator 45. Oh man, that's the Kao Koala's second game coming soon. And yes. then the crossover fighter where you can fight as the Kao Koala. That is right. <laughs> All right. All right, bye I for real. You.